0: Hi there, and thanks for listening to the audio version of this week's blog, Off Grid and Ignorant in Portugal. Please go onto the website and have a look at the photographs and go to some of the links I put up there. There's a load of things that might be of interest. And I think there's a slight accompaniment of chainsaw wafting up from the valley today because the new neighbours are cutting down some of the old uh, eucalyptus trees, which is very welcome. Anyway, this week it's called The Nitty Gritty and trying not to get too phased by phase two. So you're retired, someone asked me recently. We've given up our jobs, moved to the countryside, don't have any income, but are spending lots of money building things, so I suppose we could give that impression. My alternative answer to no, of course not, is yes, in the sense that we get tired, we recover, and then we get tired again, or retired, you might say. Often it's a 5am start and a 10pm finish, juggling finances, planning interiors, editing podcast audio, studying for wine qualifications, Anna's driving license, or fretting about whether we'll succeed or not, none of which sounds like my idea of retirement. In truth, we came here to launch our second careers, to move on from the nomadic years when Anna was a Swedish diplomat and I was a foreign correspondent, and we lived all over the world a few years at a time. There are parallels. The level of diplomacy required to get things done here should not be underestimated. Maintaining the ability to communicate with an energy certificate engineer who still hasn't delivered a vital document after first coming to survey the buildings last April without screaming at him is not straightforward. And a lot of what we're doing is, and will be, based around storytelling. But the core of it is throwing all our savings in with a whacking great loan courtesy of Portugal's tourism authority to try and build a fancy guest lodge with a marvellous view. Regular readers and listeners will have seen and heard about our scraggy patch of eucalyptus forest cut down and dug out and seen our new buildings slowly rise from the roots. We've been battling to stay on budget despite inflation But at least so far, appear to be on track, and this week have been getting down into the nitty-gritty of phase two. Phase one was everything up to, but not including the windows, and we agreed a fixed price for that eight months ago. Phase two is everything else up to a finished villa, row of suites and main building, with a pool, a little restaurant and the hope of knowing enough about Portuguese wine by next spring to introduce guests to a taste of Alentejo. So we've been hurling ourselves headlong into spreadsheets, checking what we planned for, what we've added since and what we've taken away, and what we need to do to create the perfect spot. The various orsamento quotes are all downloaded through Google Translate or DeepL to unveil what's included in the price and what's not. And we've been digging down into the detail of how it's all going to look. Of course, we've not done anything like this before, never built anything, especially in a remote part of rural Portugal, nor made so many expensive decisions on things we can only imagine at this stage. We've lost track of all the site meetings, factory visits and supplier discussions we've had about the various solutions, and are constantly thankful to our engineer Jose Correa for helping bridge the gap between us and our septuagenarian builder. The research rumbles on, decisions have to be made. Should the windows be wood, PVC or aluminium? Can we afford polished concrete floors throughout? Which heat pump is best for the underfloor heating? Do we go with a carpenter or IKEA for the kitchen cabinets? Do we install a solar pump or a regular pump for the new borehole? And where on earth do we buy 600 meters of three phase electrical cable with armoring which we can bury about half a meter underground? Those are just today's questions and only the first one seems to have been answered so far. PVC windows seem best, given the intense 300 days of sun baking down on the south-facing buildings every year. Everyone has an opinion, of course, and they're usually different, but every bit of advice helps us move towards a decision which might be wrong, but at least we own it and have thought about it. The colourful to-do list of our post-it note wall remains each one its own world of work and decision-making. But a few have already been removed and triumphantly scrunched into the fire, and there's been some structural rearrangement. And with the arrival of a new cat, Katerina, a volunteer who spent a few days with us, we started to focus in on a few planting things. As a trained agronomist, Cat helped us make some plans, scatter some land-improving oats and peg out an olive orchard for 42 trees. The temperature has dropped down to just two or three degrees Celsius overnight, so we're waiting before putting the saplings in. But the layout looks good, and the irrigation plan should work, in case we don't get much more rain this year. The lake will take a metre or more before it overflows, so although we're delighted with what we've got, we would still love a little more, in case there are any rain gods listening. Sadly, Cat couldn't stay longer, but we'll soon have more cats arriving in the form of Val Kilmer's kittens, which should be due any day now. Having a volunteer stay with us who knows so much about how to do stuff was brilliant, and we're still in the market for anyone with experience in landscaping or building to give us a hand. Right now, we need some muscle, as we're going to be doing a lot of digging and rock moving to get those trees planted. So please go onto the website if you're interested and apply. There's a, um, a Google form there you can fill in. And please forward it on to anyone you know who might be interested in helping us before March. One of the differences between my old life and this new one is the lack of deadlines. I love a good deadline, as it gives you that extra shove. A dinner invitation and movie screening request from the local hunting club provided the incentive to prioritise a lower-order post-it note and finally edit the video I filmed of their hunt and promised to show to them. I couldn't believe it's been almost a year since the cow king first took us to watch the ancient montaria style of hunting, with dogs driving wild boar wild boar out of the undergrowth and into the sights of waiting a de casa hunting club members you can read about that adventure on the website but you can also watch the video if you're not a fan of course of wild boar wild boar butchery maybe give it a miss and thanks to another deadline i also did a turn on abc australia a radio show late night live with a legendary broadcaster philip adams the subject was all things cork and so i had to be up nice and early portugal time to make sure i got my facts right it was also my 51st birthday this week and once again my wonderful wife nailed it with a surprise trip to sagres and a picnic on the southwestern tip of mainland europe at cabo de san vincent cape st vincent the edge of the world while cat looked after the dogs amazing sandwiches for lunch a great beer on sagres beach with our friends richard and pauline and dinner at an american mexican taco restaurant after a champagne sunset made for a wonderful day and a stay in a clifftop pousada, one of those fancy hotels from old buildings that have been done up. Anna introduced the idea of a birthday boxing day, and so we slowly meandered our way back up the coast, stopping for Sunday lunch at one of our favourite places, Osakesh. We had a lovely weekend off. I guess that's the kind of thing one does more often when one is retired and not just tired again. But while everything we're doing is tough and challenging, and we juggle the post-it notes in a new order of importance, we must remember to remind ourselves how fun and adventurous it is to be working on our crazy project in this beautiful part of the world.